and welcome to Must Talk Money. This is a brand new podcast where we have the one conversation that everyone hates to have, but needs to have, and that's the conversation of money. The goal of this podcast is to take the fear, shame, and secrecy out of the money discussion. Also, I want to do my part to help you get on the right foot to walk in financial success onto a fabulous financial future. This is the place for you to listen, learn, share, and embrace all things related to your personal finances. I'm your host, Merle. Let's get started. Hey guys, happy new year and welcome back to Must Talk Money. It has been a few months since I have been in front of the microphone recording an episode for you guys, but I'm back. I'm so excited to meet you here in 2023. Hopefully this is going to be a year of prosperity and health and blessings and all that stuff for you. I personally love new year. Um, I'm just so excited to be away from the anxiety and the hustle bustle of Christmas and the holidays. And it just feels like every year in January, it's just a fresh start. And I know you can have that same fresh start on a regular Monday or Tuesday or whatever. But for me, it's something about the new year that, you know, allows me to breathe and not only breathe, but just kind of assess where I want to go this year and the things that I want to happen. I get to look forward to, you know, warmer weather, even though winter just started, I still get to look ahead to, man, spring is right around the corner. My birthday is right around the corner. And, you know, we're half the school year. So I'm looking forward to summertime and getting to spend that time with my kids. And so I just happen. I love the new year. I absolutely love new year, New Year's Eve, all that stuff. Um, So, yeah. So here we are back to talking about money. If you have been here uh, in the past and you're back again, thank you so much for coming back and listening to what I have to say. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you guys sharing the episodes and um, the questions, comments, all that. I definitely appreciate it. If you are brand new here, I ask that you go back and listen to some old episodes to find out exactly what it is that I'm doing, my goal for the show, what I'm doing in my personal life. And um, yeah, just stuff like that, just to find out what's going on. If you uh, are, are on social media, you can find me on Instagram at musttalkmoney. You can also email me at musttalkmoney at gmail.com. And we'll get started. So like I say, every episode, I am not a financial advisor. I like to consider myself a financial educator or motivator because I want to educate and motivate you to make the most of the one resource that you work the hardest for. And that's your money. And a lot of times we just don't know how to do that. And so here I'm here to guide you with all the the knowledge that I have acquired on my own. Um, to help you make some, hopefully make some wise decisions, if not put some things in your head that you can research and go about and figure out when it comes to your money. One thing that, um, you know, it's the beginning of the year. And so I definitely, my goal for this episode was to talk about, of course, goals. And I think that, you know, the first of the year is the best time to start talking about what it is that you want to do for the future, what your future looks like, all that. I definitely, you know, was excited about that. But then I sat and I thought 
um, just listening to some comments and looking back at things that uh, people have come up to me and said, like a lot of the people that listen to the show are folks that I work with, people that I know personally. And so I get a lot of comments. I get a lot of feedback. And because I've started the conversation about one of the most uncomfortable topics to talk about, the topic of money, uh, people feel comfortable coming to me with certain money issues. And one overall thing that I keep hearing back to back to back to back to back is the issue of, you know, my husband is not on board or my wife doesn't understand or I'm trying to do this. And, you know, we're having this issue when it comes to money. Um, I will say that marriage and money is one of the toughest things that that I've dealt with and that, you know, most people will deal with. If you look at the statistics, most people, you know, infidelity, of course, is one cause of a divorce. But the other reason, one of the main reasons of divorce is finances and the differences in opinion and the difference how, you know, we manage finances with our partner. And so I want to talk about that. And I know that it is it may be a little tough and uncomfortable for me because I have to be transparent. But that's the whole purpose of this show is taking the shame out of talking about money and this aspect, I mean, money within marriage. And let me just stop and say that, you know, I know that money is not the whole, um, it's not, you know, it's not the main thing that makes up a marriage. I'm not saying that there are so many other things, so many other reasons for divorce, so many other reasons why things don't go well. But for the sake of this show, I am focusing on money. I will also say that I am not a, just like I'm not a finance professional, I'm not a marriage professional. Um, I've done some things wrong and I've done some things right. And if you know, um, well, just maybe you don't know that on December 29th, I recently made my one year anniversary of being single after being married for 16 years. And in that year, I've had time to look back and assess the situation to see where I was wrong, to see where I was right, to see where some things could have changed, to see where some things were not going to change. I've had a long time to look and think. And I will say this. Let me just add this in here. Um, I don't know what's going on in your situation. Of course, don't know. Uh, if you are thinking about leaving a situation, a relationship, a marriage, a job, whatever it is that does not serve you, I want to tell you that you can do it and you will be okay. In the year that I've been on my own and been single, I will tell you that I have not only have I survived, but I've thrived. My children are doing well. We are in a good place. And guess what? We're okay. And the same is going to happen for you. We've had some rough patches. I've had some rough patches. I've had some rough moments. But overall, I have been fine. I've been thriving. I've been happy. I've been whole, all that. So that's my little encouragement for you. Look, what if you're thinking about leaving a situation, not only that, but at the same time that, you know, I was going through the divorce, I also left a job that I've been at for about five years. And since leaving there, I've been so much happier. Um, so if you're thinking about walking away from something that's not serving you, again, whether it's a job, relationship, uh, friendship, Whatever it may be, just know that you will be okay if you decide to go. Okay, so back to the episode. Um, again, people have talked about, you know, their issues with money as far as their spouses and getting their spouses on board. And so, what I want to do today is just go through and just kind of talk about some things that I'm able to look back on and see 
what I could have done differently or things that I could have done differently. Just to be um, transparent and give you a little history. Growing up, I told you guys that, you know, my mom and my dad, we didn't talk about money. There was no discussion about money. But one thing that there was was a big fight about money in my house all the time. My parents always fought over money. And it was mainly my mom fighting because my dad was spending money, um, you know, just all willy-nilly, just spending all the money, just no accountability at all. And my mother was very frugal. And although she didn't know the ins and outs of money, she was definitely one of those tight, you know, she she believed in every making every dime count and not spending every dime that comes into your hand. Um, and my dad was the complete opposite. And so there was always a fight about money in my house. So when I grew up, got married, um, I was under the impression that I was just going to do things so much differently. And I went into the situation with these rose colored glasses and that, you know, if I did this, if I did that on the money front, things would be perfect. And I could not have been more wrong. Regardless of what I wanted to do and what I thought and what I raised and how I was raised, I had to come to the terms that, you know what, I was with someone who was raised completely different from I was, from the way I was. And not only raised completely different, but as we grown up, we developed different thoughts and different habits from our parents. So the point is, is that I was with someone that was different and that's going to be everyone's situation. The chances of you uh, marrying or being with someone that's completely like you are really, really slim. And so what you're going to have to do is adapt to someone else's style. And I was not in the mindset to adapt to anyone else's style when it came to money, specifically my ex-husband's style of money, uh, style of using and utilizing money. One thing um, I will say that I was, I, I'd grown, grown up with my mother and watching her navigate the house. Um, she was very... I guess her, she, I don't want to say just out there, but she, she made her opinions known when it came to money and how it was managed and how it was wasted. And, you know, she, she took the lead in a lot of things. I know my dad, he did pay the bills. Um, well, some of the bills, I don't know how they had it split up or how they came to that conclusion of how it would be split. But when it came to handling the day-to-day household things, my mother did that. And so I watched her do that. And I naturally came in and took on that role. But not only in my marriage did I take on that role, but I also took on the role of just pretty much doing everything, specifically when it came to finances. And my ex-husband was just completely hands off. You know, here's the money. You do, I'm going to take what I want and you deal with what you ever got. To, you deal with what you have to deal with with what's left. And that's how things went for us. Needless to say, it didn't work. Um, I'm not going to say that the, the money and finances were the... Um, the sole reason why we got a divorce, but it did, it did play a part in it. It definitely played a part in it. So, um, and if you listen to the, um, the Q and a episode, I talked about Dave Ramsey and how this lady came on and she was talking about how her husband wasn't on the same page with her. And he immediately dismissed her, told her, go to marriage counseling. You're not going to get anything done. You don't need to do anything. You just need to drop everything, go to marriage counseling. I agree. Yes, you need a marriage counseling, financial counseling, all that. But the reality is that when you're doing all that, when you're going through the process of marriage counseling or financial counseling, it could be a two to three year process before anyone gets any kind of mental break or anyone anyone gets any clarity on anything. And in the meantime, 
bills still have to be paid. Retirement still has to be planned for. The kids still have to be taken care of. And so to say that and just immediately dismiss someone and just say, okay, go to counseling. For me, that wasn't a, a viable solution. Because again, counseling takes time. Therapy takes time. But what you don't have time when it comes, what you don't have time to do is waste time with money. Because, you know, two years after you've wasted money, you've lost so much. And so in the meantime, someone has to take control. And so a couple questions, you know, I get um, a lot of times, you know, what do you do when your spouse or your significant other is not on the same page with money? First of all, you have to decide what it is that you want your life to look like. I know that you have a significant other that you plan on spending the rest of your life with. And that's all fine and dandy. That's perfect. I I love that. And I, I love that for you. But the reality is that there's a chance that that person may not be there. So what do you want? What does the future look like for you? And exploring those options and then looking at that, you may even hear, you know, give your spouse a chance to talk about what it looks like for them. That way you guys can compare notes and see how you can meet in the middle. You may find out that you guys want the same thing. You're just looking at going, you're trying to get to it in a different manner. So look at what, you know, the future looks like for you. What are your goals? Secondly, examine your habits. Like what habits do you have? Um, Do you have a habit of starting stuff and stopping stuff? You know, when it comes to your money and you want to get financially on track and you want to do this, are you, is this a fad for you or are you serious? You know, this month, every month you turn around, is there a new budget? Is there, you know, a new idea that you have? That was one of the things that I did. I wanted so bad to be successful that I was looking in every way possible, trying to start something, do something. So I would go to my ex-husband with, you know, all these ideas, let's do this and let's do that. Let's do that. He became tired. He got sick of me. I got sick of myself. When really I was just trying to do one thing, which is prepare and secure my financial future. But I had all these other ideas. And once you keep going back and forth to people with all these ideas and stuff that you want to do, they stop taking you seriously. And I think that that was one of the things that happened. I just had so much, so much excitement, so much on my plate, so much that I wanted to do. After a while, he's just like, you know what? I know that this is only going to last for a month or this is only going to last for three weeks. There was no consistency. So make sure your habits line up with exactly what it is that you want. Make sure, you know, if this is something that you're really, really serious about, then don't fall for every fad, every money making scheme that you um, that you see or that that's presented to you. Thirdly, try to keep the line of communication open with your significant other. Um the reality is that some people just aren't going to be on the same page with you when it comes to money. Those people happen to be in the same house, live in the same um, house and sleep in the same bed with you. It sucks. It absolutely sucks. I know exactly how it feels, but it doesn't matter what you do or what you say. Sometimes you're just not going to get that cooperation. But if you voice your opinion and you say what it is you want, it can never be said that you stayed silent. And so even by you saying something about what it is that you expect or what it is you're looking for when it comes to the finances, it may trigger, they may actually listen, but you don't know if you don't say anything. And there were a lot of times I did that. I would get frustrated and I would just keep quiet and shut down. Didn't do any good. It just made me madder and hotter on the inside. You know, had I just gotten it out, it probably would have stuck. 
Um, and I would have had a little bit of relief, but I just chose to hold a lot in when it came to communicating about our finances. And I think a lot of that, it just bubbled over and I, I lost it one day. I know I've lost it a couple of times. Um, so just make sure you keep the uh, line of communication open. Fourth, you know, if all else fails, get started and do it alone. I know that I'm going to get some heat about this. Um, and when you, cause people say when you're in a relationship, you're supposed to be together, you're a team and you know, you work together and blah, 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 blah. That's good. And that's all fine and well. And that's perfect for the perfect relationships. And I know that there are millions of them out here because you see all these perfect relationships on Facebook and Instagram and everybody is so happy and things are just working so well behind the scenes. If you cannot tell, I'm being sarcastic, you know, the relationships are not perfect, but we don't want to say that they're not. But in reality, there are going to be some things that you're going to have to do alone in your marriage, in your relationship. And one of those things for me was manage the money. After a while, I got tired of the fight. I got tired of the pulling. And so I said, you know what? I can't control this portion of it, but I have this little portion here that I can control. So with that, I'm going to start working on a dream and a goal for me, my children. I'm going to start investing for me and my children. I'm going to make sure I'm doing my part with the money. You know, I have this amount of money, so I'm going to make sure that I'm not spending it. I'm going to make sure that I budget what I can, what I can control. That's what I did. And it worked for me. It worked for me when it was time for, you know, the unfortunate end of the relationship. I was okay financially because I decided to make decisions a few years ago that would benefit me. Again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work together as a team, but it takes, and you can't be a team by yourself. It takes two people when in a relationship to be a team. And if the other person doesn't want to work at it, then you have to just buckle down and do it yourself. And I say this again, because it's about money, you have to just get started because the utility bill, the mortgage company, your rent, your car payment, all these people, no one cares that you're in a bad relationship or no one cares that you're married to someone that you can't um, talk about money with. They don't care about all that. So in that aspect, yeah, you're going to have to do some things alone. It sucks, but it's the truth. Uh, number five is you're going to have to get some help, get some therapy, enlist the assistance of a financial coach. Um, a lot of money issues are psychological in nature. They are, they come from how we were raised. They come from the things that we've seen. They come from our background, our, our, you know, our lineage. It goes back so far. Those things, a lot of we have, a lot of us have money trauma and we need to deal with that. So a lot of that needs to be dealt with a professional, you know, it needs to be handled with a, a therapist or someone that is trained to help you deal with money. So don't be afraid to seek out help when it comes to, you know, dealing with money with your partner, especially if you know that you want to be there, you know, that this is a relationship that's long-term, get some help. Get some help so that you don't have to be a part of that statistic of people that have divorced or separated due to money. Um, and lastly, you know, if you're going through this, you're having issues with your spouse, trying to get them on board, you know, there may be some tough decisions that may need to be made. There may need to be some ultimatums. 
you know, if you have to walk away, whatever the decision is, it's going to be a tough one. It's not going to be easy. So just know that, you know, whatever the decision, whatever the decision is that you're making, you know, know that you're doing it for the good of you, your family, that other person, because a lot of times we become enablers when we're dealing with spouses um, that are not on the same page with money. So just make sure that you make the decision, you know, the tough decision that's going to benefit you. And that's for my married people. Like, I, I want you to be successful. I want you to do much better in marriage than I did. Um, and I, I, you know, I want your your money, relation, your relationship around money as it relates to money to flourish. Um, I know that this is not everything. Again, you know, this is not an all-inclusive list of things to help you with your money journey with your partner, but um, it just give you a few things to think about and hopefully get some conversation started with your significant other when it comes to money. Um, secondly, if you're single and you're thinking about getting married, um, it's important to ask questions beforehand. I know that people are not going to always be honest. People are not going to always be forthcoming. Um, because we feel like we're going to be judged, which is a reason for this show, because I want people to be able to talk freely about money. But um, you still have to ask all the questions. And I will say that's one thing that I failed at. I did not do that. I did not ask all the questions. I did not, you know, we didn't lay everything out on the table when it came to finances before we got married. We jumped right into it and then tried to figure it out afterwards, kind of like, you know, uh, make moves, ask questions later. Don't do that. If you're in the position, specifically if you're single and you are definitely watching your money, you have a financial plan and you're trying to make your future look different from a lot of other people's. It's so important that you talk with the person that you're planning on spending the rest of your life with to make sure your vision, your ideas, the life that you want to live, make sure all of that aligns. Because if it doesn't, oh my gosh, it's, I'm telling you, it is hard. And it is one of the, the worst things ever to um, have a constant fight, a constant battle over money. So ask hard questions. You know, can I see your credit report? How much debt do you owe? I see this amount of debt here, but do you owe family members? Is there someone else that you owe money to that we're going to have to pay? You know, are you paying spousal support or child support from a previous relationship? And these are important questions because, you know, if you're paying child support or spousal support from a previous relationship, that takes money out of that household. So find out what's going on. And you, and you may realize that, you know what, I don't want this. And I don't want to have to have my money take care of other people. and Selfish or not, I'm not here to judge that, but I'm just saying that, you know, this is something, information that you need to know. Um, pay attention to the mail that your significant other gets. If you're constantly seeing credit card statements or, you know, pink envelopes in the mail or, you know, you you know that you, you just saw one credit card bill and you're seeing another one, <clears throat> this could actually be, you know, this could clue you into a spending problem, um, a lot of debt. It could be, it could mean a lot. So pay attention to what kind of mail comes into the house. I'm not saying go snooping and open mail or whatever, but, you know, just pay, keep your eyes open and look for these red flags. Um, ask your partner about retiring. You know, how do, how, when do you plan on retiring? Do you plan on working until you cannot work anymore? Do you plan on retiring early? If that person plans on working until they cannot work anymore, that could mean that they're planning 
poorly for retirement. It could mean they really love their job, but it also could mean that, that, that they may need some assistance when it comes to retirement planning. If they plan on retiring early, that may, could mean that, you know, they're they're working hard for a goal. You know, how do you fit in with that? And how does it, how do you feel about that? Do you want to be married to someone that's going to stop working at 40 or 45 years old? You know, ask those questions, you know, ask, you know, are you thinking about changing careers at some point? This is an important question because if you're with someone that's currently making a whole lot of money and they want to get to the point to where they can do a job that they love making less money, your household financial situation is going to change. And so before they make that move, they may be looking at you to make some sacrifices in order to get you to that point. So ask that question, you know, are you are you happy in your career right now? And I know that you can't look to the future and make the decision and say that things are going to change, but you can have some kind of idea of what it may be later on. Um, ask about how do you think the money should be handled? You know, should you get, should you guys handle it equally or should you have separate accounts or same account or one account for the bills and then separate accounts for personal spending? Ask about all that stuff. And I'm saying these because I'm looking back and these are questions that I did not ask um, before I got married. And a lot of them I didn't even ask in the marriage. So I want you to to do different, be a little bit better than what, than what I was. Um, so you ask about how the money should be handled. Ask about their financial past. Like how did your parents handle money? You know, who paid the bills in your house? How were the bills split up? What kind of money example, what did you see being a child when it came to your parents? What kind of example did they set for you? Um, who paid the bills? All those are good questions to find out what you're going to be dealing with in a marriage to someone. Um, ask about student loan debt. Ask about the purchases that they, you know, if you notice that every week your partner is coming in the house with two or three pairs of shoes, it could be a spending problem. They could have some, not only a spending problem, but a problem with self-control. There could be a problem with debt. So pay attention to the frequency of purchases. Pay attention to things that they're spending money on or how they spend. Because in the beginning, you may think about, oh, you know, you're being wooed and you're happy. And But I can tell you that once you get married and once you start changing the way you think about money and once bills and kids start rolling in, things are going to look a lot differently. You, you're, you're not going to want all the money spent on stuff because you have other priorities and sometimes people don't change. And so ask all the questions that you can ask um, go talk to marriage counselors, financial coaches, all that stuff. Do everything you can to make sure that financially your marriage is set up for success. And I stress financially, again, this is not the only, um, this is not the only issue, but it's just the one I'm speaking about today. And lastly, for my single people, I know I'm going to hear it from, from a couple people, but being single now, I can look back and I can see, um, well, not necessarily where it would have helped now, but if I ever choose to get married again, which I don't think I will, um, don't be afraid to talk about a possible prenuptial agreement. And I know for, I'll just say from, from my people, for black people, that's not something that we discuss a whole lot. I don't know anybody um, that's married that has a prenuptial agreement or that has decided how assets would be split in the event of divorce. But 
after doing some research and looking at how they protect what it is you've worked for, I will not get married with that one. Now that I know, again, don't plan on getting married, but if I do, I will not get married without a, a prenuptial agreement. And people, um, they think that if you get one, then you're putting, you're setting yourself up for divorce. You're setting yourself up for, for failure. And it's not, it's a, you're setting yourself up for a divorce as about as much as you're setting yourself up for death by having a life insurance policy. Basically, you're just saying that in the event that something happens and we're not together, this is what, this is how I want my assets split. And it's definitely handy if you come into a relationship or a marriage and, you know, you have five rental properties, you have, um, you have a, a, a big life insurance policy that was left or money was left to you from your great grandfather, or, you know, sometimes people even put heirlooms in, um, in prenups. You know, maybe you have this painting that was passed down from generation to generation that's worth a million dollars. You know, certain states, I know, say to California, when you're married, anything that you acquired in the marriage is community property. And if you don't um, separate that stuff before marriage, then your partner gets to get half of whatever it is that you have. And it could be that you need to liquidate your five rental properties and pay half. I know that I am not, I don't think I want to split something that I worked so hard for and give it to someone else and we're not together. Not saying that you can't benefit while we're together, but I just don't want that. And so that's why I would do a pre, I would, I would look into having a prenuptial agreement. Now, everybody else, you may think differently, but I always say, you know, you never know what turn life is going to take. Ideally, you get married and you're in wedded bliss and you last forever and everybody loves each other and it's just happily ever after the end. But we know that ain't true. That's not how life works. And so it's absolutely nothing wrong with protecting yourself. I even saw an article where um, people, you know, in the prenup agreement, people put in um, their pets. Maybe you came to the marriage with a pet and... um, you don't want to split time. You don't want to have to, you know, share custody of your dog with your ex-husband. I know it sounds weird, but y'all know people that have pets are crazy about their pets. But even that is something you think about. So it's not just about saying, you know, what we may not last. It's really about protecting those assets that you worked hard for before you got into a marriage. That's what it is. And it's okay. It's uncomfortable to talk about because you don't want to think about that. But there's nothing wrong with planning for uh, things that may happen. Okay. So that is my episode on marriage and money. Hopefully you heard something um, that will help you, that will help you and your spouse come to an agreement, talk about some things. Um, Again, it's not coming from a place of expertise. Um, It's coming from a place of, hey, I've been there. And if I could do things differently, this is what I would do. And you may completely disagree with me. That's that's okay. That is absolutely okay. Um, I just know that by, from what I've heard and from what the feedback that I've gotten, that this was much needed. Um, and I, again, I hope it helps someone. I hope you're able to listen to this and sit down and have some hard conversations with those that are close to you, those that you're planning on spending forever with. Um, 
yeah, I just, I hope things work well for you. And so that's why I did that. So thank you guys for listening to Must Talk Money. It is 2023. I'm so excited about what the year will hold. Um, I look forward to doing this again next week. So you guys have a good week and definitely go out there and do something nice for someone. Um, It doesn't have to be big. It can be something small, like helping old lady get to her car with her groceries, whatever it is. Just be nice. Throw kindness around like confetti, like they say. Um, So have a good week and we'll see you back here next week. Thank you for tuning in to Must Talk Money. If you've enjoyed what you've heard here today, do me a favor, like, subscribe, and share this with a friend or two. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or if you just want to reach out and say hello, I would love to hear from you. You can email me at musttalkmoney at gmail.com. Again, that address is musttalkmoney at gmail.com.